Welcome back to the Colts Convert Podcast. This is your host, Derek. And today, we're going to do a little, what I like to call a grab bag episode. Kind of some random topics that I've been thinking about the last few days, the last week. One's going to be Colts related, and one is going to be not Colts related. But the first topic that I'm going to discuss today has to do with T.Y. Hilton. It was announced earlier this week. It was actually, I saw this on ESPN, their front page. The top bullet point of their front page, I believe it was on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. It was that T.Y. Hilton is considering and wants to end his career with the Indianapolis Colts. He has been a Colt since the beginning of his career and his contract is coming up at the end of this season he will be a free agent so I'm sure not only him but the Colts are thinking about how T.Y. Hilton is going to fit into the future of this franchise he had a probably his toughest season of his career last season as a result of some injury issues. He played in only 10 games, which was the first time in his career that he did not play in at least 14 games during the season. But it is nice to see that T.Y. wants to finish his career with the Colts. He is looking to sign an extension, and he says that this last contract, if he does happen to sign another contract with the Colts or another team, that he expects this to be his last contract. He is going to be 31 years old in November, so he is starting to think about winding down his career, and he wants to end it in Indianapolis, which For Colts fans, at least for me, that's great news considering how great of a player he has been for the Colts over the years, one of the top receivers when he is healthy. So it is nice to know that he wants to get a deal done, wants to get an extension, and wants to end his career with the Colts. And T.Y. for the 2020 season, especially, and also moving forward in the future, it would be great if he was a part of the future of this team. But for this season, he is under contract for this season. He is going to be a huge part of this team if they want to have any chance of going to the playoffs and making a playoff run. If the offense is going to be firing on all cylinders, he's going to have to be the number one receiver on this team, and he's going to have to get back to that form. He's only a couple seasons removed from that 2018 season when he had 1,270 yards receiving and six touchdowns. He's a big play receiver, explosive receiver, so you just hope that he is healthy coming into the 2020 season and he's ready to reclaim that role as the go-to receiver and the go-to explosive playmaker for that Colts offense. He's going to be a great 
veteran and great mentor for Michael Pittman Jr., who the Colts drafted in the second round. But T.Y., I doubt that he just wants to be a mentor. He wants to get back to that form that he was in in 2018 and the form that he's shown us throughout his whole career with the Colts. So it is nice to see and hear that he is already thinking about re-signing with the Colts. He wants to end his career in, in, in Indianapolis. So it's just a matter of the Colts front office and him and his agent coming to an agreement on what that number is going to be as far as the years, as far as the price. That's always going to be the situation when you're negotiating that contract, what that final number is going to be. But already this this early on in the season, in, in preseason, it is nice to hear that T.Y. is already at least publicly stating that he wants to come back to the Colts after this next year and he wants to end his career with the Indianapolis Colts. So that's something that I was glad to see during this week, earlier in the week, seeing that. And, and then going on to the second topic that I wanted to discuss today, it's kind of a random topic, not Colts related, not even really NFL related, but it has to do with college football. And one of the storylines that I am very excited to pay attention to in this next college football season. And, you know, there's still some current uh, concerns and some questions about if the season is going to start on time. Of course, you still have the coronavirus pandemic that is still going on. A lot of states are starting to phase into reopening their economies, but for the most part, the country is still shut down and people are participating in self-quarantine and shelter-in-place policies. And there's still a lot of questions about whether or not the college football season will go on this year or if there will be some type of uh, delay. But as a football fan, as a college football fan, I hope that at some point there will be a college football season. And if there is, one of the main storylines that I'm going to pay attention to is this 2020 quarterback class. And it will end up being the 2021 NFL quarterback class. But we just got done with the 2020 NFL draft. Joe Burrow, Tua Tungabailoa, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. Those were some of the top quarterbacks of this last draft. Of course, the Colts selected Jacob Eason in the fourth round. But this 2021 quarterback class is, is looking, at least from the, the first looks at this class, I think it has a chance to be better than this 2020 class, at least the top five quarterbacks. A lot of talented quarterbacks to choose from. That is headlines by Trevor Lawrence, who by most accounts, 
he is the number one quarterback heading into this season, and he most likely will be the number one draft pick. He's had a great first two seasons in his college career, and he seems to be the best quarterback prospect since probably Andrew Luck. And then before that, maybe Peyton Manning. So he's kind of those one, that once in a generation type quarterback that if he has another great season for Clemson, he should be the number one pick. But right on, on his heels is Justin Fields, quarterback for Ohio State. Had the great season last year for Ohio State after transferring from Georgia and had a Heisman-type season. Ended up being a Heisman finalist and just had a phenomenal season for the Buckeyes. And... Similar to Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence's high school days where they battled for the number one player overall in the country in high school, they will be battling for that number one pick, it seems like, all season this year. So those are the top two guys in this 2021 quarterback class. I plan on doing, at some point, an episode dedicated to them specifically because that is probably the biggest story of the year and it's going to be very fun to watch them go back and forth you know they went against each other in the college football playoffs there's a very good chance that they might do that again this upcoming season but they will be battling for that number one pick in the nfl draft this year so it'll that's probably the biggest storyline that i'll be watching but what i wanted to talk about today was actually the, that next tier of quarterbacks. And because there's a couple of quarterbacks that I think have a chance to maybe get into the top 10 of the draft. Kind of how a Justin Herbert went number six. There were some rumors that maybe a Jordan Love would sneak into the top 10, top 15. But there's a couple quarterbacks after Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields that I'm very intrigued by. And one of them is Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State. And he is someone that if you have not seen Trey Lance's uh, film, I highly recommend checking out his film. He is a uh, Division I AA quarterback that plays at North Dakota State. He was a freshman redshirt this last season, but he had video game type numbers, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, had over 1,000 yards rushing and another 14 rushing touchdowns. Just a very impressive athlete, 6'3", 6'4". Kind of reminds me of Cam Newton, just that bigger body quarterback that can run throws a very, very nice football, strong arm. So he is definitely someone that I'll be tuning into. I'm not sure how I'm going to watch uh, North Dakota State games this year. I, I hope they'll be on maybe ESPN Plus or something because you're going to want to watch Trey Lance throughout this whole season. He led the North Dakota State Bison. Of course, they have just 
dominated the Division One AA level the last seven, eight years. He led them to another national championship last year as a freshman. So he looks to repeat that trend this year. And it will be interesting to see his development because he's not going to be challenged as much by his competition being at the at the one AA level. But if he has another strong year this year as a sophomore redshirt, he will be eligible to go into the draft. So if he has another solid year this year, I expect him to go out and enter his name into the draft because he has that type of potential. It's that prototypical quarterback that also has the mobility and the explosiveness with his legs. So that's an NFL scout and an NFL front office's dream when you're looking at a franchise quarterback. So he has a very good chance to sneak into that discussion and even be a dark horse for the number one quarterback selected. Definitely check out Trey Lance and the work that he did as his freshman year. But Trey, Trey Lance, I'm very excited about him, but the main person that I actually wanted to talk about today and another huge story that I'm going to be paying attention to all season and it's probably one of the more intriguing storylines of the offseason was Jamie Newman, the former Wake Forest quarterback who decided he graduated from Wake Forest and he decided to become a graduate transfer and spend his last year of eligibility at Georgia. He will be taking over this year, you would think. He'll fit into that starting quarterback role and take over for Jake Fromm after Fromm got drafted in the NFL. And Jamie Newman will be transferring from Wake Forest to Georgia, which I think is, you know, you mentioned the Trevor Lawrence to Justin Fields battle, but I think this Jamie Newman transfer story is the biggest story of the offseason and is the most intriguing story for me. And I'm very excited to see how Jamie Newman ends up doing at Georgia. If you don't know about Jamie Newman, another guy to check out. Big body quarterback, 6'3", almost 230, very strong arm, can run. Very, uh, very powerful and physical when he runs the ball. And they just not only was he successful throwing the ball this season, but they basically ran their running game through Jamie Newman at Wake Forest. Very interesting style of offense there. Of course, it was the spread offense, shotgun, but it was almost a power run option attack where the run game was led by Jamie Newman. He had the most rushing attempts on the team and he ran almost, it, it was very similar to me how Urban Meyer used to run his offenses at Florida kind of that spread power option attack when he had Tim Tebow and Chris Leak how that quarterback would just ride that option handoff almost up to the line of scrimmage before he made a decision and either pulled it for himself or gave it to the running back but it wasn't a lot of outside options as it was just running straight up the gut of the defense and almost a power rushing attack. And Jamie Newman, just a very physical runner. 
So he did a very good job running that type of style. I would have liked to see him maybe slide a little bit on some of his runs. He, he likes to lower his shoulder, which I know is scary for any head coach seeing their quarterback lowering their shoulder like that. And I think he'll have to learn how to slide a little bit more eventually. But just a, a very all-around type quarterback. Definitely consider him a dual threat. But pass, uh, passer first. And they had that great combination of power run and throwing the deep ball, just kind of letting that run game set up the deep passes. And he had a great connection with Sage Sherratt, which is going to be, he's going to be one of the top receivers to look out for in this upcoming 2021 draft next year. But they had an unbelievable deep ball connection Surratt's a very physical receiver, explosive, and they they were a very explosive offense there at Wake Forest. So for me, and a lot of the things that I'm seeing, some people are concerned about Jamie Newman going to Georgia, and they don't think it's the best fit for him as far as the offensive scheme and taking advantage of all of his skills. And... Of course, Georgia is not known as the place to go as a dual-threat quarterback. They're usually pretty conservative when they run their offenses. They're running the, their offense through their running backs. They have a storied tradition of running backs, and that has gone back. We talk about Herschel Walker, but, I mean, it goes all the way till today where you had a court, uh, running back like DeAndre Swift just get recently drafted. Sonny Michelle, I mean, you can go on and on. Todd Gurley, they, they're usually known as running back you and running their offense through their running backs. They have a couple more running backs coming back, Zamir White and James Cook, the brother of Dalvin Cook, who are there currently. But that that has been, from what I've seen, a concern for some analysts that Jamie Newman might not fit that type of scheme. And they, they say he might have been a better fit going to an Oregon, transferring to Oregon or an, another school that maybe that maybe fits his skill set. Oklahoma obviously is the, the big school to transfer to if you're kind of that dual threat quarterback with the Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, all transferring at some point to Oklahoma. And they of course, they've had a lot of success with those transfer quarterbacks at Oklahoma, but they're hoping to actually have one of their own recruits, surprisingly enough, take over this year in Spencer Rattler. So that might might not have been the, the best fit for Jamie Newman as far as transferring because it does look like Rattler will be the quarterback this year for the Sooners. But I don't know. I, I'm not down on this Georgia transfer as much as other people are, I think it actually will end up working out for Jamie Newman going to Georgia. He's going to be put, be put on a lot bigger stage now in the SEC. The competition is going to raise up significantly. He's going to have a lot more eyes on him going from Wake Forest to now Athens, Georgia, playing against 
a lot of big time competition in the SEC. But I think he has the skill set and I think he'll have the players around him to end up having a very successful season this year and potentially leading Georgia to a college football playoff appearance. And as I mentioned, Georgia is not known for having the explosive offense, but it's not like they were completely in the Stone Age when it came to their offense. Last year, you know, they they did run a lot of shotgun formations. Jake Fromm wasn't going to be the quarterback to run a spread a spread option, run option type offense. So they might be able to implement that with Jamie Newman. But they will have to pick up the tempo a little bit. You compare Wake Forest last year, they ran 81 plays a game compared to Georgia that ran 66 plays a game. So Newman is used to running a little higher tempo offense, which I think that they'll have to implement if they're going to be successful with him at quarterback. But the reason I think this is going to be a little bit better fit is because Georgia did hire a new offensive coordinator this offseason in Todd Monken. And Monken has been a longtime coach, longtime, long, uh, longtime offensive coordinator. Most recently in 2019 was the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. In 2018, he was the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that 2018 Buccaneers team led the NFL in passing offense. And he's also been at the helm as far as the offensive coordinator of some great Oklahoma State teams as well. And those teams that had Brandon Whedon, Justin Blackman, some of those explosive offenses that he was a, he was the offensive coordinator for. And then also he was the head coach at Southern Miss. And in 2015, I believe, had a 4,000-yard passer and two 1,000-yard rushers. So he has a very strong track record of having explosive offenses that have that balance of passing and running. So I think that this is the type of coordinator that will be able to get creative and find the right balance for this Georgia uh, Georgia Bulldogs offense now that they have a very versatile quarterback in Jamie Newman. I think he'll be able to find ways to use his skill set in the best possible ways. And I I don't think it's going to be, because now every time that a new offensive coordinator comes into one of these SEC schools that's not known for necessarily explosive passing attacks, there's going to be that LSU comparison now, now that they've kind of set that precedent and Joe Brady came in there. I don't think it's going to be quite like the Joe Brady experience how they just completely revitalized that offense last year. But I think the addition of Todd Monken at the offensive coordinator position, I think that will help Jamie Newman's transition. There is still a lot of questions, as, as mentioned before, 
because of the facilities being closed down for the off season, there was not a spring football this this off season. You would think that training camps and a lot of the off season workouts will continue to be delayed and pushed back. So that's going to hurt Newman's progression and being able to implement the offense and learn that offense. So you're just hoping that he's on daily calls with Coach Monk and going through this offense and how they're going to run it. But it does hurt that his ability to be able to get acclimated to his new teammates, to get that chemistry going with his receivers. So you hope hope that he can be in Athens and working with his receivers and his offense as soon as possible. But I think eventually this will be a good fit for Jamie Newman. And if he has a strong season this year, he will be another potential top 15 type quarterback that can be included in that elite tier of quarterbacks for this 2021 class. And then another one of the main reasons why I think this this will be a good fit is because of the juggernaut that is Georgia Bulldogs football. You think they did lose their quarterback in Jake Fromm, so to replace Fromm with Newman was a big addition. They lost some playmakers, of course, in DeAndre Swift, Lawrence Cager. The biggest loss on the offense probably was the O-line losing the fourth pick of the draft, Andrew Thomas, also another first-round pick, Isaiah Wilson, who went to the Titans. So two big losses on the offensive line. So that will probably be the toughest position to replace for the Bulldogs. But teams like Georgia, they don't rebuild. They just reload. They have year after year, they usually have the top five recruiting class in the nation. Last year, according to 24-7 Sports, they had the number one recruiting class in the nation, including number two offensive tackle, Broderick Jones, who will be a true freshman this next season, but he has the talent to fit in right away. And then you just talk about the amount of weapons that Jamie Newman will have at his disposal. They lost DeAndre Swift, but as I mentioned before, they still have Zamir White. They have James Cook. They have a few other recruits coming in at the running back position. They have, I believe, four four-star receivers coming in to add to George Pickens, who had a breakout end of the season and show that he is going to be a phenomenal receiver. He'll be a sophomore this season, but he's looking to be the go-to guy for Jamie Newman. So there's going in also uh, Dominic Bayless is another receiver that's very talented, young, young receiver that will be a sophomore as well, I believe. And then also another freshman to keep an eye out for is Darnell Washington, the athlete, but he'll be playing tight end. He, I believe he was the number one athlete in the nation this year, again, according to 24-7 Sports. He will be playing tight end at Georgia, but 
Six seven, six eight tight end, just a freak athlete. Just unbelievable the way he can move at that size, being almost six eight. And I'm sure he's going to be a very, very welcome target for Jamie Newman, especially in the red zone, to have a, a target and a talent like Darnell Washington coming in. So look for him to contribute right away to the Bulldogs offense this next season. So as far as the talent, I don't think Jamie Newman's going to miss out a lot as far as his supporting cast on that offense. I'm sure he'll miss Sage Surratt. Again, he's one of my favorite receivers in this 2021 receiver class, but I think Surratt is going to miss Jamie Newman more. It, I hope that he'll be able to get as many looks and get as many opportunities in this uh, with his new quarterback this next season because he is definitely a talent. So he might hurt a little bit as far as his stat line losing out on just an, a great quarterback and arm and Jamie Newman just throwing him that deep ball. He might miss out on that this year. So I think he'll probably miss Jamie Newman more than Jamie Newman will miss out on him because of the fact that Georgia is always loaded with talent. Even if they lose somebody, they're going to reload that roster just with the the amount of talent that they continue to bring in year in and year out. So Jamie Newman, keep an eye out for him. I definitely will. He is kind of that sleeper Heisman type candidate for me heading into the season because Georgia obviously high profile. If they're able to get things going and he's able to transition well to his new team and get things rolling right from the get-go, there's a chance that Georgia could compete for an SEC title this year and if they're competing for an SEC title, that probably means that Jamie Newman's going to have a pretty good year. I expect him to be a little bit more explosive this year with the addition of a new offensive coordinator. So I'm excited. I'm sure Georgia Bulldogs fans are very excited to see how this season works out. So I hope you enjoyed this kind of random grab bag episode. I hope to be doing more of these. There's a lot of fascinating storylines, not just the NFL, but college football that I'll continue to dive into as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. So thank you again for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And until next time, this is Derek for the Colts Convert Podcast.